Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Ghosting has come full circle now, now that it is a talent-driven market. So there's no excuse for ghosting someone either on either end of the spectrum. The fact of the matter is, ghosting has become rampant. And it's a vicious circle that just breeds ill will. Frankly, as a recruiter, ghosting helps me to lure your best people out of your company. So thank you to the companies that actually do it. Um, so why do companies engage in such behavior? We're going to figure that out today. Today's quote, your brand is your public identity, what you're trusted for. And for your brand to endure, it has to be tested, refined, managed, and expanded as the markets evolve. Brands either learn or disappear. That was Lisa Gansky. Lisa is actually the former CEO of a company called Global Network Navigator. And that was the first commercial website, which was acquired by AOL years and years ago. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes. We identify a specific problem and provide proven tactical solutions to help your company win the hire. We share insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Ken Middleton. Ken is the DevOps recruiter for YourDevOpsRecruiter.com. Ken, you're actually like the CEO of the company, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Ken, Ken spent uh, about 10 years working in the IT staffing industry and actually the world's largest IT staffing company before deciding to venture out on himself. He started Your DevOps Recruiter to focus on connecting the best DevOps candidates to DevOps companies while evangelizing DevOps to the masses. So you're a DevOps guy. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, lo I love the specialization. Um, one way he accomplishes this is through his YouTube channel, The Dub Repository, in which he posts weekly DevOps career tips, rants, and what bugs him about the recruiting industry and interviews DevOps SMEs on different DevOps topics in a segment known as DevOps Defined. So I've actually heard Ken rant about ghosting quite a few times, which makes him the per perfect guest for today's show. Ken, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have you. We're going to have a lot of fun today. So today we're going to cover what causes ghosting and how to stop ghosting. Or, like, if you want to look at the adverse, if you want to keep promoting ghosting, then, hey, go for it. But we don't recommend it, right, Ken? No, no doubt. It is a terrible <laughs> practice. It is, but it happens uh, quite often. So let's talk about what the problem is. So we're going to specifically focus on companies because this is where I and you, too, see the problem, correct? Yeah, no doubt. I think candidates, but I think the pro more the bigger problem with, is with companies because it's become more and more prevalent recently. So let's talk about what ghosting is first, right? Ghosting is, to me, and maybe you can give me a different definition, but ghosting is essentially when you bring somebody through the interview process to whatever point in the process, and then you just don't return their calls. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's equivalent to what we used to say in the back, uh, uh, the back old days when you talk about ghosting of relationships. When someone just didn't <laughs> return your phone call anymore, it's the exact same thing. When they break up with you via text message? Yeah, and you're, you're, you're stalking them then at the movie theater or something crazy. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. <laughs> All right. So now that we know what ghosting is, I mean, this is, this is a problem, and this happens quite often, and it's a big pain point or a deal of frustration with a lot of job seekers, 
passive candidates, um, really anybody who's gone through a hiring process, almost most people have actually experienced this at some point. No doubt. I mean, it's it's crazy, uh, Rick, because um, it's one of those things I don't think companies intentionally do it, if you will, but I just think they don't think about or realize the impact that it's having on them. And as we shared before, a lot of um, the companies are worried about the candidates doing it to them. What I've seen is that the bigger problem are the companies that they don't understand how it hurts their brand so tremendously when they just don't do a simple thing like follow up with the candidate. Just closing the loop. So why am I companies ghost? Now, I, I, it was funny because I've done some research into this in the past. And, you know, you see different articles about, you know, companies being scared to be sued. Maybe they're running too fast to pay attention. Some people just think it's lazy and considerate or arrogant. But why do you think that companies ghost? Yeah, I mean, I have a couple of theories about this. I think the biggest one, and I think I know it because part of my job is to recruit, I mean, to identify companies to work with. And one of my strategies has always been when I'm talking to managers, hey, Mr. Manager, you have one HR person or maybe two HR people that are trying to work on 20 positions. How much, you know, focus do you think that person is giving to your job? And that's just reality. Oftentimes, you have one, two, maybe three recruiters, and they're trying to fill 60 positions, and they're just overworked. So I think one of the biggest problems is that they're just, they don't have the time, or they feel like they don't have the time to get back to everybody. So I would think that's probably the biggest, number one, if you ask me. So that's a structural issue, right? I mean, you can actually have just an admin. I mean, there's tools out there to automate the process. All you have to do is push a button that says, thank you, we're not interested. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem. I think there's companies still trying to do things in antiquated ways and they just don't <laughs> get off your Excel spreadsheets, it. right? <laughs> yes, exactly. And they don't realize the access to technology that can prevent this from happening and not overwork their recruiters and HR people. Your, your take on why they might be doing it is primarily that they're overworked? Well, no, there was a couple. So that's one. So that's, that's probably one that I think about. Look, I'm a nice guy. At least I, I like this. My mom tells me I'm a nice guy. And I like to see the good in people. I don't think <laughs> me too. Doing it, but, <laughs> yes. I don't think anybody does it maliciously, right? But, yeah, so that's one. But number two is there are people, I think, at times, they just don't think it's important enough. It's like anything you have in life. Like when you get so busy with so many things going on, the thing that you subconsciously think is least important, you're going to find a reason not to do it. And I think when you have an HR person or a recruiter that has 60 positions again to fill, and he or she has all these managers asking them for feedback, feedback, any more candidates, they're not considering that 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 the candidate that they need they spoke to two weeks ago hasn't heard anything and they need to follow up with them because that's not what's front of low. That person isn't paying their paycheck. So it's the feeling that that's not important, that the candidates would be okay and they don't really need to do it. And hey, it's just like ghosting with relationships. If they don't hear from me sooner or later, they'll get the idea, right? <laughs> so. I think it's different than a relationship. The fact of the matter is, is that you've invested time, both parties have invested time into going through an interview process. And being considerate of another person's time is just common courtesy. Yeah. I have a little bit of a theory that really what it boils down to and why we do not do it is because of communication flow. I think that happens when the company side is unsure about the person. They don't know. In, instead of coming to a conclusion on one side of the fence or the other, they just don't make a decision and they just let it linger. And then finally, they just figure it's going to go away. It's really not that hard when you're going to pass for sure on somebody to send them that quick email, right? Mm -hmm. 
should be easy. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're, you're hitting on something. I got to be honest, Rick. I didn't think about that at times, but you're a hundred percent right in the sense that I think where a lot of the ghosting happens. And I use a situation I had happen maybe a month ago where the client disappeared for like a month, like I, we, three weeks. We didn't hear from them for three weeks. And we were thinking, all right, they're clearly not interested. They came back three weeks later and be like, Hey, we want to do one more interview. And we're like, well, where the hell have you been for three weeks? And we're emailing you, texting you, like, what is going on? And to your point, they weren't sure. So they rather not say anything than to go one way or the other. And I think that is a mistake. Well, so as recruiters, that's kind of on us in a way, if you think about it. I mean, if you got the relationship with the hiring managers or if you're an in-house recruiter, it's your responsibility to make sure that you get somebody on one side of the fence or the other. But, you know, that goes down to the process, right? And I think... That's a key indicator of having either no hiring process or having an ineffective hiring process that doesn't extract the right information out of a candidate so you can come to a conclusion. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that what I tell people is that when I'm talking to companies and I'm saying, hey, because I'm, I'm very clear when I work with candidates, with clients, Rick, like, hey, one thing I cannot take, I can take a no any day of the week. But I can take a lack of communication, and communication is extremely important to me. And if you don't have a process in place to give feedback or a process in place that says, hey, here's how we do it, then I tell people if you don't have a – if you haven't established a hiring process, then you have a bad hiring process. And that is a majority of companies who haven't sat down and actually wrote this wrote this out, created it, structured it, and, and kind of verbalized the importance of it. Well, let's be honest, though, 90% of companies don't have that. They have kind of like a haphazard put together process where you got to prioritize your time, especially as a startup. And so do companies really take the time to think, okay, what is our hiring process? How do we tie this around to our corporate values? And how do we create an experience that's going to elevate our brand? I don't think much thought goes into it because they're so busy trying to get the work done, to get the product done, to get the product out, to start driving sales that that is always shoved under the rug. Yeah, I would agree, right? And, and you know what's so wild about that um, reality is, though, if you ask those same CEOs or individuals in charge of the company about, hey, what's your most important asset? I think nine out of ten of them are going to say they're people. Yeah, and, you don't and they put the least amount of time into that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's the paradox of it, or, or just what's so baffling why companies – don't put a process in place, but I agree. I would think 90, I don't know if it's 90, but it's pretty high that they don't have a process in place, which inherently means they have a bad one probably. Well, it's not necessarily a bad one, but you know, no process is probably worse than a bad one. At least right. if you have a bad process, you have a process, right? But again, I, you know, I think um, interviews have to be intentional. When people go in and they meet somebody and they spend time with them, they should be very clear on what information they need to extract out of that interview for them to come to conclusion, to get to the truth of who that person is and, and be able to have the evidence to back whether or not to make a hiring decision or not make a hiring decision. And then it becomes yeah, really no. easy to not ghost people because you can close the loop really quickly. And what I would say, Rick, and, and, and I, I, I get it, like, and I agree with you in the sense of, you know, a clear process, a clearly defined process, and really no in or out, right? I definitely agree with that. But I will, I do understand that there are times that things are happening, that people are, to your point, they're busy, they're traveling, they're out of the country, Absolutely. they're doing whatever. What I see companies make the mistake of is not communicating anything. They, you, you call, you email, you follow up, and if, 
some news is better than no no news, right? Contrary to the uh, former adage, right? It is so true. Just sending a little bit of a, hey, I can't get back to you for two weeks. That's way better than nothing. Absolutely. And I, yes, I, and I, I goes back to original of, I guess, people feeling like two things. One, they're overwhelmed again. And then two, just not prioritizing it, not realizing that simple email that will take you 30 seconds to compose and send will mean a huge difference to for the candidate and to you protecting your brand of, rather than not sending anything, taking it seriously. So is this excusable? I don't think so. Yeah, not, I don't think so either. Best companies. No, it's, it's because, you, you know, to your point, there are tools that you can put into place that will automate a lot of these things for you, and you do not just have to worry about it. Like, even, and I think, and I may be wrong, but I, I think it, or I, I know myself, if I at least got an automated email that I even know was automated, like you can tell that your name was replaced with the script or whatever, yeah. it still is going to give you some sense of closure did not hearing anything at all because you know at least someone took a time to push a button to tell you something as opposed to not giving you anything yeah i was kind of hoping you and i would have something to disagree on but i'm in alignment with you on that one (laughs) all right you're listening to the higher power radio show i'm rick gerard we're going to take a quick break for our podcast listeners for a quick educational moment All right. welcome back to the show my name is rick gerard we are talking to ken middleton ken is the president of your DevOps recruiter. And we're talking about ghosting. So we just talked about, you know, why, what are the causes of ghosting? Now we're going to talk about how to stop ghosting. Let's give everybody kind of an idea of what steps we need to put in place to to elevate your brand and not have this as a problem in your organization. Yeah, I personally just have a couple ideas that I think consistently work. Load it up. Let's go. Boom. All right. So, so one, I think easily, prioritize what's important, right? I think a lot of times that you know your HR is probably going to be overworked, and so you need to make sure that you're not just giving your HR representative or recruiter too many positions that you don't need right now, and you say, hey, not that it's something I need three, four months down the road. Here are the positions I need to fill in the next month and give them the focus to work on those as opposed to putting so much on them at one time. So that's uh, if you've got a recruiter. Right. And then, of course, if you have a recruiter, isn't it the recruiter's job to prioritize those? I think so. But I, I think as a manager or a leader, you need to make sure they are aware that what their priority is is your priority. Because they may think everything's important, whereas you're just saying, well, I don't need that position to for six months from now. I just want you to keep putting it on your radar. So I think there just needs to be a plan to know who what's important. So everybody involved is on the same page. All right. So are you speaking from an outside perspective? Like if you're an outside recruiter and you're working on it, somebody feeds you a bunch of recs, or are you talking from the inside perspective? Internal. Okay. Internal. Got HR, it. your internal recruiter. Yes. Got it. Whoever communicates with the candidate or with the recruiter, whomever that's given the feedback. Okay. So clearly setting expectations and prioritizing. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Okay. What else? Number two, create an automated process. So what we talked about earlier, there are applicant tracking systems that you can use. There are so many of them out there. It's ridiculous. There's a new one out every day. Yeah, it seems like it. You can go in. You said what now? I said, yeah, it seems like it. I'm always getting emails about new ATS systems. Oh, dude, absolutely. It's ridiculous. I don't know how to get my email, first of all. But you can go in and click. Now, you use it like a carbon, right? Like if you're moving candidates along and then you get candidates that you interview that you touch, you can then go in, click all of those candidates that you're not moving forward with, 
and send them, thank you for applying, but we've decided to go with other candidates. Smaller companies, I think that's the, those are the ones that need to really be cognizant of that, small to mid-size. Yeah, and, and a lot of these CRMs are not overly expensive, that you can, that can do that, so it's not like you need to create something from scratch. So you absolutely could uh, implement something like that. Absolutely. They're super manageable. I agree 100%. Okay, what else? Next, I would say create a pro- better process flow for feedback. And this is what you and I spoke about earlier, right? A bad process or no process might be better than a bad process. I agree in some respects, but at the same time, I say you've got to put the importance of quick feedback to your managers. You've got to make sure that they understand it. And to your point, this goes back to HR because a lot of times managers are going to be busy. And if someone isn't pushing back on them and taking that, hey, you know, speaking to the president or whoever they need to, here's the process we need to put in place to get feedback. And they had a timeline, 24 to 48 hours, no more than 48 hours, because if you don't have a timeline in place, then that feedback or the lack of feedback will go weeks before it's got done because people get busy. So you need to put a better process in place for specifically to get feedback on candidates to not to leave them out in limbo. You've got to put something in place for that. And that needs to come from the top. I will agree. I would disagree with the amount of time. And I think it needs to be done in real time. And this is on the recruiter or the person who's leading the HR, like the the experience for the interview. And I'm talking about the interview process. 48 hours is actually too long. And if you set up a structure properly, you should be able to gather that feedback in real time. Wouldn't it be nice? Think about this. Wouldn't it be great if your candidate (laughs) left the interview and knew whether or not they're going to move forward or they're going to be passed on? And maybe they even agreed upon it. Like, hey, I don't I don't see the fit here. Would you agree with it? I mean, that that's a really getting closure um, at the interview process is is actually very liberating for a lot of people. I'm with you. I, listen, I think that would be amazing, but the likelihood of that, I don't know. That, that's well, a lot. I would love it. As, an, as a TA person or as somebody who's in-house, man, it's your job. Don't wait for the feedback. You got to go poke your managers and make sure you get it, though. And if they're not getting back to you, it's not that long of a walk down the hall to poke them and go, hey, I need five minutes. Exactly. I would agree there. It is on the, the TA person, the HR. They have to prioritize it. And it needs to be, in my opinion, 24 to 48 hours, your opinion, real time. But it needs to be specified and everyone needs to know that it needs to happen quickly, not when you can get back to me when you have time. That's unacceptable. Okay, we're in agreement on that one. All right, next one. Uh, create standards for feedback to all candidates. And what that means is, is what we talked about earlier. No feedback is way worse than some communication. And if you don't have an answer, that is okay. But don't just leave emails unreturned or calls unreturned. At least have something in place. My personal opinion is about at least once a week, if you have candidates that you're interested in and you're still moving them through the process, and once again, you can automate this, send them a touch email to let them know, give them an update, here's what's happening, right? If the best candidates have options and when they don't hear anything, they're assuming that you decided to move on or they're not important enough to you to be considered important to update. When they do hear, they're moving on. And the company who's going to win this battle, if it's a good Mm -hmm. candidate, is going to be the one with the higher touch, the one who's keeping in contact with the person. Way too often in this market where somebody doesn't get back and I've been able to find something, get the person placed, and then the company comes back three weeks later and says, oh gosh, well, we'd like to hire you. Guess what? They're gone. People who are good do not stick around. And I tell people, and, and this is a big thing too, a little bit off the, the script here, but this is important. 
how companies treat you during the hiring process is an indicator of how they will treat you once you're their employee, right? In some ways, yes. right? If it's bad during the process, think about what it's going to be when you're hired. So agreed, a thousand percent. It's a shift in mindset. And what we're talking about is you need to eliminate really the transactional mentality. You've got to have high touch point. And if you're a TA person or an HR person who's leading this process in-house, or even if you're a founder who's doing it, you have to take into consideration that, number one, you need to protect your brand. And number two, you need to understand the reality of the talent market. And the talent market is such where you're not really making the choice today. The people are that you're trying to bring on board. And so you need to breed the right culture. You know, you need to make sure that you're fostering an environment that has communication, and is able to gather feedback quickly. Agree. That was shit, man. Okay. You couldn't have said it better myself. Before I have you share your takeaways, having the process for quick decision-making and feedback, just a couple tips. Number one, I, I think it's really important that you have a lead person who's monitoring the interview, be it a founder, HR person, recruiter, admin. During that interview process, somebody who's in charge of doing that, pressing the button, saying thank you. You should have a process for quick decision-making and feedback. Schedule an extra 10 minutes. So after they come out of the interview, I have 10-minute window to get their feedback. Um, you can put knockout questions in there. And uh, what you want to do is you want to get that information and uh, build in a, a system where you gain evidence to support whatever no decision you're getting. Ken, can you give me your key takeaways here? Absolutely. Uh, feedback, good or bad, super important, right? And as you said, no news is not better than some news. So give some news, give it an update regardless. Number two, this doesn't happen unless you make it a priority. Put time in calendar, just like Rick said. Got to get in front of people quickly. And you got to create a process. And then number three, honestly, we just got to care. I think people a lot yep. of times forget about the humanity of interviewing and how stressful it can be on some people during that time of their life and how that little letter can be the difference of them like just feeling like their, their lives are terrible or just something like, hey, they have hope. So we got to care more and treat people empathetically how we would want to be treated if we were in their shoes. And you are 100%. That's the best way to leave this show. Ken, thank you so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way for members of our community to reach you? Uh, they can email me, uh, kmiddlet at com. Okay. Or check out my YouTube channel, the D-Hub Repository on YouTube. And we'll have that all linked in the show notes. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We are listening and we definitely love your feedback. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O dot com. Or you can drop me an email at rick at stridesearch.com. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Dr. Dina Brown. She's the CEO of DC Brown International. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.